in today's show. Let's look back at the next bunch of signings in NBA free agency. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Well, since I recorded the show yesterday... There's been another 40 NBA free agent signings, so I thought now's the time to do another podcast on those 40 signings. We still have plenty of guys um, who haven't signed, which will be coming in tomorrow's show unless something weird goes down or there's trades, but we don't have confirmation on a Spencer Dinwiddie deal. John Collins is still out there. Kelly Oubre is still out there. Um, uh, Josh the Hitman Hart is still out there as well. So there are some pretty Reggie Jackson still around. There are some Kawhi Leonard, of course, hasn't signed anywhere either. Lowry Markinen. There are plenty of good players still around uh, that we will talk about on tomorrow's show. But let's talk about that next bunch of signings that have gone down in the NBA. Starting off with big Rashawn Holmes, which actually he was signed during my recording of yesterday's show. Four years, $55 million for Holmes to go back to the Sacramento Kings. A totally reasonable contract, I think, for Holmes. In fact, it's probably a little bit of an underpay, to be honest. Uh, he will be the starting center. Yes, they have Alex Lynn. Yes, they have Tristan Thompson. Yes, they drafted Nemeas Cater. Yes, they have Marvin Bagley, but they are all significantly worse than Holmes. Holmes should be a 31 to 32 minute a night center. He is maybe their second best player, probably their second best player, and should be getting those minutes. Not to say that Thompson's necessarily going to be around there, but it doesn't impact what Holmes does, and his fantasy value will be really strong for the next couple of seasons. He will be uh, really good, and it's a really good contract to bring him back to Sacramento, and it's a big win for that franchise to bring him back. The next one we have a look at is an under-the-radar guy, I think, um, especially given the way that they are constructing their roster at the moment. Max Struess goes back to Miami. He's 25 years of age as a shooting guard. It's a two-year contract and minimum salary. But with how they are you know, dealing with tax and hard cap type issues based on the uh, Kyle Lowry sign-and-trade, Struess could get rotation minutes, and I actually think he can develop into a solid rotation player. Maybe with Kendrick Nunn also now gone, could he move into the backup role uh, along with Tyler Hero in that backcourt? I think that's possible. Yeah, so just just watch for Strew, especially in deep leagues. I think there is a little bit of development in him. I wouldn't say that he's going to develop into a star or anything like that, but he's not a completely horrendous signing in that situation. Now, the next two we're going to talk about, we're going to look at a couple of rookie scale extensions. Trey Young gets the max five years, $207 million for Trey. Um, yeah, I don't think we can really look at that and think that that's a bad deal because we know what Trey Young is. Um, that's going to kick in after next season. So really, really um, great to see. I'm happy for every player to get their money. So I really, really like seeing that from um, 
from Trey Young. And then we have uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, who also signed five years, $172 million extension. If he makes All-NBA, that will push up to the same level as Trey, up to that $207 million. 23 years of age. Um, yeah, I think he's still really good. I think he gets a little bit underrated by people because he is playing for the Thunder. Um, great for the Thunder to be able to lock him down. There was a lot of that trade talk around Shea, which never felt real to me, although it was being reported in so many spots. But he is locked in at that contract. Doesn't mean he can't be traded on that contract, but he is now locked in on that deal for the Thunder for the next uh, five years or six years, including this one. So long-term commitment there from Shea and from the Thunder. He's at least getting his uh, he's at least getting his pay for those next six years. Now, if we want to go back to some um, to some interesting minimum type guys again, Miami they bring back Gabe Vincent, a 25-year-old shooting guard point guard who is on that two-year minimum contract. Another guy who's in the mix for those backup minutes behind Robinson and Lowry and uh, and Hero. And there's no guarantee that Hero stays on this team. I don't think he's quite as good as what Max Struess is. But Vincent, when uh, Miami was dealing with COVID issues at the beginning of last season, he stepped in and started and played well. And he's playing, or he did play over in the Olympics for Nigeria. And has been. I think he's a decent enough, yeah, base rotation sort of guy in the NBA. So just bringing back their own guys that they developed in Struess and Vincent, it makes a lot of sense for the Miami Heat there. Guys, you want the best tasting protein bar ever? Guess what it is? It is Built Bar. It always confuses me that Americans can't understand when I say Built Bar and they think I'm saying Bill Bar. It's, you know what? I'll say it again. I'll, I know you love when I do it. Built Bar. It's your Built Bar. So many delicious flavors. Yeah, Built Bar. Get your best flavor. Chocolate, coconut, raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. There are so many great flavors. And if you don't know what your favorite flavor of Built Bar is, go and get the mix box. 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each. So you get to try all that deliciousness. But it's not just about flavor because these bars are healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and sugar, just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. So it's a great tasting treat, protein bar, but it's good for you. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. So go to built.com. And you'll get 15% off your order by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at built.com for 15% off. Okay. Let's go to the next one. It is Otto Porter. Otto Porter, amazingly, is 28 years old. Now, he's played like 40 games over the last two years, but he signs at a minimum contract for Golden State. He apparently turned down mid-level exception type deals, which is like normally eight to $10 million to sign in Golden State on a minimum contract. And if he has anything in the tank, it is a very, very good signing. He will come off the bench behind Andrew Wiggins, but you could easily give him 20 minutes a night as the backup to Wiggins, uh, backup to Draymond Green at the four. He's better than Eric Paschal. He's better than Juan Toscano-Anderson if he's healthy. Now, if he's not healthy and the shot just doesn't ever never comes back, which is a real possibility, then you, know, you haven't wasted anything. But it's a great, great flyer, I think, for the Warriors to bring Otto Porter in. He's not going to have any fantasy impact, but he is a very useful player if that health can be okay. And again, the likelihood of it being okay is very, very minimal because it's Otto Porter and he can't he hasn't played for two years, really. And had those, he didn't play really in his first couple of years either with that hip problem. So there's a number of issues there, but if it does work out, it's a fantastic flyer at a minimum salary. 
The Nuggets bring back Austin Rivers on a one-year minimum deal as well. He's 29 years of age, Rivers. Um, yeah, with Barton and Murray out in the playoffs, he had to take on an outsized role. Yeah, Barton will be back. Rivers will probably come off the bench behind Morris and Barton with uh, Campazzo in that backcourt. But really solid bench depth guy who you know can have hot shooting nights as we saw in the series against Portland who can play defense at a good level, but he's not going to be a consistent contributor. But you know, when you bring him back at the minimum, it's a really, really solid deal. The Miami Heat also bring back another minimum player, Dwayne Dedman, who was on their team at the end of last season. They've also lost Precious Achua now, uh, who's gone to Toronto as part of the Kyle Lowry deal. So Dedman, you would have to assume, is coming in as the backup center. I wouldn't say he played particularly well last season, nor did he play particularly well the year before that. But we know he does have a track record of being a capable shooter and capable rim protector. And I do think that in that role, he can um, he can hold that role down for the Miami Heat. And I think it's, again, it's a, it's a really solid signing to bring Dwayne Dedman back at minimum salary. While it's a little confusing on the surface to see Alex Len back in Sacramento, two years, 7.65 million, so a little bit above minimum salary. Uh, I think Len in this sort of role it works. He started and was um, playing too much for Scott Brooks in Washington, but behind Holmes as either a backup or a third string center in Sacramento, Len is still only 28 as well, like Otto Porter. He can still contribute in that sort of role. He's shown flashes of being able to shoot. It doesn't always happen. He can defend okay. And as long as that role's not outsized, Len can be solid enough in that area. Um, yeah, solid enough signing, I think, from Sacramento. Not going to move the needle too much. But Alex Land comes in to be the backup or the third string center there in Sacramento. Now, the Lakers, just a bunch of minimum signings. A lot of these ones were announced yesterday, but I didn't talk about them because the actual numbers weren't necessarily confirmed. But they all uh, are all minimum signings. So let's go through a bunch of what the Lakers did here. Uh, Kent Bazemore, they bring him in. Now, he had an a, a offer to go back to the Warriors. Um, didn't do that, decided to go to the Lakers instead. One year vet minimum for Bazemore, who I thought played pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I thought he played pretty well during his time with the Warriors, um, after coming across at the end of the season. I thought there was, uh, it was solid enough from him. Um, and he can contribute on this Lakers team if he can be that. 40% three-point shooter that he was. He can defend a little bit. You know, useful enough rotation player behind LeBron. They also um, they also brought in Trevor Ariza, who's 36 years of age on a veteran minimum contract. I'm not sure that Ariza can actually play at a high enough level to be a rotation guy, but based on what they need him to do to be Anthony Davis's backup, that's totally fine. If Davis gets hurt and you have to start him big minutes, and he did start some games for Miami and he was very, very up and down. But uh, as a backup, I think he's totally okay in that area. Um, they also brought in Wayne Ellington, a 33-year-old shooting guard on a one-year minimum. Very good shooter. Can't do too much else. And there's you know, obviously a theme with the age of all these players the Lakers are bringing in. Their roster is so weird this year, just with the, the age of everybody they're bringing in. We're going to talk about some more Lakers guys later on as well. But Ellington comes in, 33 years of he may or may not play every night. Depends what they do with guys like uh, like Bazemore and some other guys that they sign there. But there is even an opportunity for Allington to maybe be a starter to space the floor next to uh, Westbrook and LeBron. 
And he's a really good shooter, and he can do that. And then, of course, they also brought back Dwight Howard on a one-year minimum veteran uh, salary. He will be the backup center behind Marc Gasol. He is better than Andre Drummond, I think, and will fit what they need to do better than Andre Drummond. He won't have any fantasy impact. Um, he, he actually wasn't that good last year for Philadelphia, so maybe me saying he's better than Andre Drummond is going a little bit too far, but I'm not sure that it is. But he's totally fine in that backup role behind Gasol, behind Anthony Davis as the uh, as the backup center. So four minimum guys there against some more Lakers guys we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But let's go to their crosstown rivals, the LA Clippers, who do bring back Nick Batum on a two-year $6.5 million contract. He has a player option in year two of that. They signed him with non-bird rights, so they still have their mid-level exception available. Um, Batum was a key player. I thought that he could have got way more than that on the open market, but also if he just doesn't care about money, which he may not because he's earned $150 million in his career, he might just have been, well, I like this Clippers team. I like my role. I like living in Los Angeles. Fine. Sign me again to this, you know, $3 million, and I'll decide again after a year with player option what I want to do. But I, I, that's the vibe I get from Batum that he was just like, I, I don't need the extra money. I just want to stay in uh, LA and play with the Clippers. And that's exactly what he is doing. He will have probably a larger role, considering Kawhi's going to be out all season. Um, yeah, Paul George, Batum, Morris will probably be a 2-3-4. Maybe they go with Terrence Mann, George, and Morris and bring Batum off the bench. That's still a possibility, but Batum's role is still going to be pretty large. And he can be an on-off, waiver-wire sort of player for fantasy. Hardly going to be a high-upside guy that you're uh, that you're drafting or anything like that. Another minimum guy, Solomon Hill, who's somehow only 30 years of age. He signed a one-year deal to go back to Atlanta. Um he was really good in terms of what he does as a backup. They do have, they did draft Jalen Johnson, which is what they would like Jalen Johnson to move into this Solomon Hill role, but he's probably not going to be ready straight away. So Hill will be that guy behind uh, Hunter, behind Collins, who they can yeah, jump in for spot starts there. And that's and that's totally fine. He has no absolutely zero fantasy impact, but just another solid piece to bring back. And then Milwaukee, who lost PJ Tucker because they didn't want to pay the luxury tax bill, which would have been you know, sizable enough, but you won the championship in large part due to having PJ Tucker. So maybe you should have uh, you know ponied up the cash to bring him back. PJ wanted to come back, and the salary was actually really small. Again, the luxury tax payment was hard. So they decide to get themselves a PJ Tucker replacement and they bring in Shemi Ojale on a one-year minimum deal. He's 26 years of age. He can guard um, uh, you know, Giannis in practice, obviously, but a big body guy they can throw out there. Uh, offensively, he really can't do huge amounts of anything, but as a strong, powerful, maybe small ball center at times, if necessary, um, yeah, behind your Bobby Portis's and Brooke Lopez's, um, Giannis, of course, there on that team, uh, Ojale slides in to be uh, to be that player that is ostensibly ostensibly a uh, PJ Tucker replacement again, but not uh, not as good of a player as what PJ Tucker is, guys. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And that's why this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Why endure often pointless or intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? 
You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. And why choose to spend up to 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but just $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, the next guy that we're going to take a look at, minimum signing in Portland. Neil O'Shea making those moves just to keep Damian Lillard happy. Cody Zeller comes in on a minimum contract. I think that's probably a, almost a, that's a better option than having Ennis Cantor there as the backup center because, again, when you're running that all-offense bench unit, they were getting killed. Zeller is a non-flashy player, pretty obviously, but he still can be solid enough in a backup role behind Yusuf Nurkic. Hopefully, this doesn't mean that we get yeah, Chauncey Billups wanting to split the minutes between Nurkic and Zeller, like at times we saw Terry Stotts doing with Cantor and Nurkic, but Zeller slides in as the backup. Amazingly, he is only 28 years old as well. Um, and a really, really solid backup center, Cody Zeller is uh, for the Blazers. And I think that's a good piece of business, assuming he doesn't uh, get forced into too large of a role. Boba Majanovic goes back to Dallas on a one-year minimum deal. That's fine. They've got Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, Christos Porzingis, Moses Brown. Boban is just going to be, again, that break glass in case of emergency, fan favorite, mascotty type player. Absolutely fine for him. He seems to have found a home in uh, in Dallas, and they love him there. He loves it there, and he's back, and he won't play every night. And hope, thankfully, that hype train of Boban in fantasy has completely died off now, which is awesome because the frustration that every time someone would get injured in the team that he played for. You know, oh man, Boban, must-add player. And then he'd go out and play 15 minutes because he just could not stay on the court for any longer than that, which is always frustrating. All right, the Blazers, another minimum signing for them. Ben McLemore comes in on a one-year veteran minimum deal. You would guess that that's you know, taking some of those Carmelo Anthony minutes away. He comes in there behind Norman Powell and CJ McCollum. Next are Anthony Simons on the bench. He can be an okay shooter. He can do very little else apart from that. He is fine, I guess. But if he wasn't a rotation player, I don't think that's any sort of great disaster. That's sort of the level of player that Ben McLemore is at this point. Obviously, a big disappointment for being the seventh overall pick. But again, it's a stark reminder to you that any people picked in the top 10 do not all turn out to be very good players. That is just something that happens in the NBA. Blake Griffin goes back to Brooklyn. One-year minimum deal. He will get every opportunity to play good minutes again. Jeff Green is out there. There's still DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton around, but Griffin will start some games. He'll come off the bench for some games. He'll play 23, 24 minutes. He'll still have his defensive deficiencies. Um, yeah, he still can pass a little bit. He can, hopefully the shooting is fine for him. Um, he's still owed you know, $30 million this year from the Pistons. So he's recouping that money um, in, uh, from them in, in this uh, in this season. So that veteran minimum deal doesn't impact his pocketbook too much. Blake Griffin back, really strong move. It was always going to happen. Solid depth piece for them as long as they don't overextend him, which they hopefully won't need to uh, if injuries don't hit. Now let's go to one of the big deals. Um, the Bulls, active in free agency again. They bring in DeMar DeRozan on a three-year $85 million deal. DeRozan is 32 years of age. 
He can't really play the two anymore. He's probably more of a four, to be honest, than a three. And he will come in and play the three. So if they will be starting Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. There are three really bad defenders in that group. And Patrick Williams, who's all defense, no offense. Um, some bad shooters in Williams and DeRozan as well. But not only did the Bulls, I think, overpay for DeRozan, three years, $85 million is a lot for a guy that I think his market had dried up pretty substantially. But they gave up Thad Young, who by a lot of advanced metrics had a better season than DeRozan last year. They gave up the chief, Al Farouk Aminu. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Not that that means anything, because his time as an NBA player is done. They gave up a 2025 first-round pick. Now, in 2025, DeRozan's actually, is he, he's going to be off the team by then. Like, well, that contract's going to be done. Levine or Yashun will still be there, but I'm not sure what that pick will be like. And two second-round picks. That's a lot to give up in a sign-and-trade for a player who was a free agent, who I also think you overpaid for. And I'm not sure how that fit goes next to Levine and next to um, Lonzo. Yeah, the defensive pairing of DeRozan and Levine on the wing is pretty bad. Um and I just think DeRozan is a guy that we love. His, his passing has improved significantly. He's really, really good at that now. All right, his mid-range shooting is very strong. He gets the line at a good rate. But the thing that always bothers me with him is why has his team been better every single year of his career except for one when he's been on the bench? They have been Every team has been better apart from, I think, the 11-12 Raptors when he sits on the bench. One year, you can say that's noise. 10 years, there's something There's something to that. The lack of defense, the fact that you have to hide him and scheme around him defensively is a problem. The complete inability to shoot is a problem. Sure, 20 points per game and seven assists looks real, or six assists looks really nice for DeRozan. It's great counting stats. Fantastic. But for him to get 20 points and assists means the ball's in his hands and it gets taken out of the hands of Zach Levine or Lonzo Ball or Nikola Vucevic. And is that a win? It's a big name. It sells more tickets. It probably does make the Bulls better, but maybe it doesn't. I'm not 100% convinced it does make the Bulls better. It probably does. Look, they will be better because Lonzo's there and Caruso is there. And Williams has another year of experience and Levine looks like maybe he could take his game to another level. They will be better. But are they better than the Nets? No. Bucks? No. Sixers? Probably not. Hawks? No. Heat, no. Paces, probably. Maybe not, though, if they stay healthy. Um, Knicks, probably, maybe. Are they a playoff team? You would hope so, Chicago, but not necessarily. Remember, DeRozan was doing all these things that people are praising him for. Oh, look at those assists. Look at those points. On a Spurs team that wasn't very good. And part of the reason they weren't very good is because DeMar DeRozan was their best player. Now, he's not their best, not Chicago's best player at all. He's their third best player, and that's probably fine. The, 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 is, even these, if, is he their fourth best player behind Lonzo? I mean, that, that's an argument to have. But when your best players are Levine and Vooch, who are fine but not, not top-tier, absolute, all-NBA caliber guys, I'm not sure. And paying $23 million a year for your fourth best player, maybe? Let's, let's call him three and a half in terms of where he sits between you know, Lonzo and him as the third best player. It's a lot of money. It's a lot to give up for a free agent. And does it make you better? We will find out. I am skeptical. 
I think it's too much to pay, plus too much to give up for in a sign and trade with an iffy defensive fit and non-shooting and taking the ball out of the hands of Levine and Vooch. I think all those things are legitimate concerns. Let's see how Billy Donovan handles it. But I am, just count me very far from convinced. As for Thad Young in San Antonio, he probably starts. And if he plays 30 minutes a night, there's value there. And next to Calden Johnson, as Johnson moves back to the three, Thad to the four, Aminu's no nothing at all. The Spurs still have some things to decide for sure. Yeah, they've got Pirtle um, as their starter. There's uh, White and Murray. Where does Vassell sit? Maybe they start Vassell, put Thad on the bench, and put Calden back at the four. Do they have any trust in Lukas Sharmanich? Probably not. They shouldn't. Thad's going to play a big role, and he'll be an interesting waiver wire-ish type fantasy guy. Maybe he's a late draftable player, depending on how they want to run things, but an interesting deal for sure. The Lakers bring in Kendrick Nunn. Nunn sacrificed money. He has not made money in his career, so this is very intriguing. That He claims he turned down more money to chase a title. Now, I have, I think, reasonable skepticism about that, considering he is 26. He has not made money in his career. So you, why are you chasing rings now? Is it because he was like, uh, teams don't actually want me, and the only thing I'm really getting are these low-money deals? So therefore, I might as well go to a team that's got a title content. There's no way anyone was offering him like $13 million a year and he turned it down. He has a player option as well. So that's good for him to get that. He is older than you expect. Um, will he start for this team? Maybe. Um, someone asked me about, you know, oh, is this you know, decent enough to replace Alex Caruso? They're very different players. None thrives. Well, sorry, no, he, sorry, he won't start because, of course, they've got Russell Westbrook. Ignore that. Nunn thrives with the ball in his hands, and he's a terrible defender. And the ball is not going to be in his hands with Westbrook, LeBron, Davis around, and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, will Nunn be in the rotation? I, I would, at this point, I would have to assume that Allington, they go with Allington, Westbrook, LeBron, Davis, Gasol with Howard, Mallow, Horton, Tucker, Nunn, and Baysmore off the bench. They've got some depth of role players. I feel like they've got 10 guys who are the ninth best player on a team. Howard, Mallow, Allington, Ariza, Nunn, Baysmore, Monk. Maybe some of them are worse than ninth players. So the rotation is, is interesting and deep. Um, but none is not going to be a fantasy option next season, would be my guess. Lakers also brought back, as I just referenced, Talon Horton Tucker. Three years, $32 million. Now, this is one of those things where I, I've spoken about this before, about how the NBA contract structure means that we overpay players at the end of their career. So people will look at this for Horton Tucker and go, man, this guy, and someone, again, tweeted this at me as well, because I said, I think that, that I thought he would get more. I thought he'd get four years and they'd use that arenas limited rule to pay you know, four years, $50 million, I think it was, or four years, $47 because you can't pay too much in those first two years, but the back end, you can go $12, $13 million a year. I thought he would have been able to get that sort of contract. Um, but my point there again with paying guys is he's 20. 
So in three years' time, you'll be 23. I would have liked to lock him up for 24 be, uh, until he's 24 for those four years because I think by the time he's 22, he's going to be worth $20 million or $17 million a year. I have really high hopes for Horton Tucker. So you want to sort of pay a little bit more now, I would think, to lock up into their prime at, at a below market rate. Maybe he just wasn't amenable to that. And I think the Lakers had to bring him back. Now, his role is not going to be significantly expanded this year because as I mentioned, yeah, he's going to be probably coming off the bench behind LeBron and Allington and Westbrook and Davis. Maybe Allington doesn't start. Maybe they start Horton Tucker. But Westbrook, Davis, Horton Tucker, um, LeBron as a start as four guys, they they cannot shoot at all. That's a real problem. So I think he'll come off the bench still and play a relatively minimal role. But I don't mind paying up a little bit more for a bloke that is twenty, who by the end of this contract will be twenty three and still miles away from his prime, and I think outperforming that contract when we get to that point. I'm still really highly invested in him for Dynasty Leagues. Another veteran signing for the Portland Trailblazers, Tony Snell, 50% three-point man, Tony Snell. Good shooter, okay defender, does nothing else, which we're all well aware of, but that's fine. There is a, there's always a role for someone who can shoot, especially on a team like Portland who doesn't have specifically good depth and lost Mallow, so he'll play those three and four minutes. Um... You know, behind Norman Powell, but there's you know, Derek Jones is there, CJ Allaby's there. Who knows? Or Nasir Little, who knows how Chauncey Billups is going to um, approach that, but that's fine. He's obviously not going to be any sort of fantasy impact player. Abdul Nadir goes back to Phoenix, two years, $4.2 million. I thought that before his knee injury, he was playing at a pretty high level. Um, without Dario Saric, he can get some minutes at the four, um, get some minutes at the three there as well. Uh, useful enough, good number. I thought he probably was worth just a little bit more than that, maybe like a two-year, $6 million deal. Two-year, $7 million. Alex Lane got $7 million for two, year. two years. I think Nadia at playing at a position of need across the league probably could, ho- could have um, demanded more, but that's fine. Solid piece to bring back. And let's go to the Lakers again because Carmelo Anthony, 37 years of age, one-year one year veteran minimum contract in LA. Now, we know we've been talking about Mallow to the Lakers for years, 10 years, it feels like. Or Mallow to join up with LeBron James for 10 years. And here we are, finally. Um, Mallow is, is horrible defensively. We know that. He does have occasional good games of good shooting. But I just think with this team, LeBron and Davis at the 3-4, um, it is going to limit how much Mallow plays, which is actually a really good thing. And his contested two-point shooting um, defense optional play will be minimized. I don't think that he was 100% bad last year in Portland, but I wouldn't say he was excellent. But this is a solid enough, a solid enough depth piece for the Lakers that I think it's a pretty good move. They also brought in Malik Monk on a minimum deal, 23-year-old shooting guard, who really struggled in most of his career in Charlotte, had a few moments of, of some interesting play for sure. Um, yeah, I like it. Like bringing him on on a minimum deal, you would hope that you would hope that he could get motivation and become a starter instead of Wayne Ellington and fit in as a shooter, the guy that can handle, can create a little bit next to Westbrook, but if not, you would hope you can at least take minutes away from Kent Bazemore or Kendrick Nunn. Again, don't think he's going to be a fantasy guy, but if he came out this year, played 21 minutes a night and averaged 2.33s a game, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't project it at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised 
Because there is that ability there, and maybe this is the role that he needs. Rudy Gay. He's 35 years of age, amazingly. Two years, $12 million. Player option, I believe, on the second year of that, going to the Utah Jazz. He will slide into that um, role that George Niang played. And maybe, which he did a lot with the Spurs, maybe he plays some of the backup center minutes that Derek Favors was getting, and they go super small. Fine. Rudy Gay was really, really solid last year. Again, he's not going to be a fantasy impact guy, but if you don't want to go with Bogdanovich at the four at times, maybe you can just give a few extra minutes to Gay. Or Gay, that Gay and Ingles bench combo, I think is really good as well. And it is a significant upgrade to me on what George Niang can provide. Um, so the Jazz out, you know, getting rid of favors, we bring back Conley, bring in Gay. I think overall, is it is it an upgrade? Probably is. The, the worry of having no actual backup center is fair. But they can still grab guys, uh, minimum players, or maybe they expect Udoka as a BUK to step into that role. I wouldn't be expecting that, but maybe that's what they're expecting to, to happen. Steph Curry, max extension for him, four years, $215 million. He'll be 37 by the end of that deal, getting paid 50 plus million a year. That's a shitload. And again, is he going to be worth $50 million at 37 years? Well, I, I feel like Jimmy Butler won't be worth it at that point, but there's a chance Steph is close to it. He probably won't be, but he's been worth $50 million for the last four years or so, especially during that title run. So again, it's paying for past performance. You had to do it. He had to offer it. He had. To, well, he wanted to accept it. He deserves the money. He's not going to be worth it at that point, and it's a huge deal. But good on him. It's awesome. Let's see what it means for the Warriors and their cap situation as we move forward and the competitiveness of some of their squads. But Curry, uh, he'll be actually yeah, turning 38 in that deal as well at that $50 million last season. So uh, congratulations to him for getting that contract. Um, but again, anything that's paying $50 million to a 38-year-old player is probably a bad deal in the end. Love this one. Patty Mills goes to the Brooklyn Nets. Two years, $12 million. Of course, he comes in behind uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. But he's an upgrade on Timotei Lawawu Cabro. He's an upgrade on Tyler Johnson, who is getting minutes. Chris Chiozza, who played games there last year. Mills is, and you're seeing this at the Olympics now, he's a really valuable player. He can score. He can shoot. He knows how to handle a small role. Just an unbelievably important piece, I think, for the Nets coming off the bench. We know that he's not a fantasy guy, but he hits two threes a game very easily. And I think that's a really, really good piece of business for the Nets and great for Patty to go there and maybe get himself another title after winning some with the Spurs. Speaking of Australia, Didi Luzardo, who played in the NBL last season, played a couple of games for the Pelicans at the end of the year, signed a four-year deal, minimum salary, $7.2 million. I imagine the last two years of that are non-guaranteed. I think Didi has an ability to be a rotation guy, whether that's like where Najee Marshall was playing in that sort of role, but... The shooting for him really did drop off in Australia. Hopefully, he can develop more there. But defensively, I really like what he can do. And they drafted Herb Jones. There's Najee Marshall. So they're taking a couple of bites of the apple to be some to get some defensive wings in there. Um, DD's not going to have a fantasy impact. But 22 years, four year, 22 years of age, four-year contract. If it works out, it ends up being a steal. So I think that's pretty solid, especially with the expectation that I have that there is non-guarantees on the back end of that. Robin Lopez signs a one million, a one-year, five million dollar deal with the Orlando Magic. Um, sure, there is Mo Bamba, there is Wendell Carter Jr. still there, so I'm not really sure. Is Lopez the third center? Are they giving up on one of those two guys? Lopez was fairly effective in a backup role for the Wizards last year. It's not a lot that you're paying him, but it's it's not minimum. 
So are they expecting him to play over those guys? Again, not a fantasy factor, but maybe an interesting decision. I, I still think that John Isaac's best position is at center as well. And he's coming back. There's Jumar Akiki. There's Franz Wagner at those forward, uh, forward positions as well. So how Lopez fits in, does this mean anything for Bamba and for Carter? Um, or how Jamal Mosley sees that is, is going to be something to monitor, I think. And the Knicks, after, I think, overspending for Nerlens Noel yesterday, they bring back Taj Gibson to be that third-string center on a minimum deal. Taj Gibson at a minimum deal is value. He's 36 years of age. You don't want to be relying upon him for big minutes. Um, but yeah, Robinson's had his health problems. Noel's had his health problems. Um, yeah, Gibson at that salary is totally, totally fine. And I think that that, uh, that makes sense. There's not much to talk about there. Let's talk about another minimum... Um, Minimum salary center, Andre Drummond goes the Philadelphia 76ers. So the Lakers and Sixers basically just swap backup centers. You know that I think that Andre Drummond is significantly overrated. And I thought that starting him for the Lakers was horrendous. And in the end, they took him out of the starting lineup and benched him. Um, and I thought that he wouldn't be able to get a starting contract in the NBA this season. Well, that turned out to be true. If Embiid is out, Drummond will start, obviously. And he will put up good numbers and become a fantasy option. And if you've got deep benches, maybe you want to draft him and hold him in, and that sort of thing. But in fantasy leagues, it is really hard to hold yeah, injury handcuff players. But realistically, he's going to be playing 17, 18 minutes a night for Philadelphia. And that fantasy run of him being like that top 20 player is very much dead and buried. The Toronto Raptors released Rodney Hood. And Rocket Rodney signed a minimum deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he was really bad last year, which is to be expected coming off that torn Achilles. He came across as a part of the Gary Trent Norman Powell deal, and the Raptors just said, thanks, but no thanks. We don't actually need you here. So Rocket Rodney, um, yeah, his time, it feels like, from being an NBA caliber starting guy is done, but he'll be yeah, back up to Chris Middleton there in Milwaukee. And uh, this gives me a chance. Again, didn't know if I'd have any more chances to play the music, but here we go. James Johnson is back. He is back in Brooklyn. Well, not back in Brooklyn, but he's in Brooklyn. Veteran minimum deal one year basically replaces Jeff Green. He won't get enough minutes to be a fantasy viable player unless there are injuries, which there always could be. But 20 minutes a night for James Johnson, who can handle the ball, who can defend, who's not the same player he was three or four years ago, quite obviously, but a solid minimum signing deal for Johnson and a good spot for him to go. They also um, got Bruce Brown back. Now, Brown was a restricted free agent and he signed his qualifying offer, which is interesting meaning he becomes unrestricted next season. So they couldn't work out an extension deal with him. He didn't get offer sheets that he was interested in. He was a massive part of their rotation last year. And he probably will continue to be a massive part of the Brooklyn Nets rotation. At times he has fantasy relevancy, but with Mills there, with Johnson there, with Griffin back, um, I, I find it hard to think that he will be that guy this year, but really, really solid bench piece. The contract is totally fine. And then we'll see what happens with him in unrestricted free agency next offseason. The Warriors bring in Nemanja Bielica, who's 33 years of age, exclusively a power forward now. Um, I guess he will play minutes if, say, Porter isn't healthy. 
as the backup power forward behind Draymond Green. They also have Toscano Anderson. They also have um, uh, Eric Paschal in that role. Just Jonathan Kaminga's role long-term. Kaminga is not really, I don't think, going to be a part of the rotation for the Warriors because you've got Porter, Bielitsa, Toscano, Anderson, Pascal, who will be taking all of those backup forward minutes. I think you'll see a lot of Kaminga in the G League, and maybe he's just so good that he takes those minutes away from those players. I'm not sure that he will be this year, but Bielitsa probably won't play every night, but just gives them quality depth. And I did not think that I would be talking about this guy at all. Shout out to the Fantasy Basketball subreddit. But Sam Decker is back in the NBA. One-year minimum deal for the Toronto Raptors. Decker had some value very early in his career before his back got rooted and then was really terrible. I, I'm not... Masai is... You know, we, we can't criticize Masai Ujiri. If you ever criticize Masai Ujiri, you get roasted for it. But you know, the Stanley Johnson signings, the Sam Decker's like... Really? Now, Johnson played okay at times last year. Can Decker provide something? Yeah, maybe, but is he at best like a 11th, 12th man? Probably. So don't get too excited about Sam Decker signing. And then the last one we're going to talk about on today's show is Smith. Goes to his NBA equaling record 12th team. One year veteran, veteran minimum deal with the Charlotte Hornets. He will back up LaMelo Ball. Um, fine. Ish was the backup point guard in Washington and played far too many minutes under Scott Brooks. But now as a backup in Charlotte behind LaMelo Ball, no problem with that. Um, there's still Terry Rozier there as well. Obviously, Gordon Haywood handles the ball. James Booknight coming off the bench. So you just imagine that it's Smith and Booknight in that backup role. There's still the Martin brothers there too. They can get those minutes. But with Devontae Graham out, Smith handles that role. He has a minimal uh, bench role. It means there's way more minutes for Lamella Ball, which is awesome. And uh, that would do it for me today. 40 players. Well, 40 transactions because you know that sign and trade with the, uh, the Bulls and Spurs had a few extra players. I'll be back tomorrow with more free agency stuff. Utah Summer League's on today, guys, so check that out. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the Odyssey app. Let me know in the comments on YouTube as well. What signing did you like the best? What did you think of the DeMar DeRozan deal? What did you think of the Lakers getting all those minimum guys? Does it make them the favorites? Let me know in the comments below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.